episode 99 of the State of the Old Republic podcast, was originally recorded on May 26th, 2019. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. The summer of Swotor is set to kick off with a pirate incursion on Dantooine. I'll tell you when it's coming and what to expect. The HK55 bonus chapter was a special subscriber reward that came out in 2016. Is it time to bring it back? Also this week, WoW Classic is coming in August. As Star Wars The Old Republic prepares to turn 8, do we need a Swotor Classic? And finally this week, I talk about the web content roadmap, companion issues, hard mode ops, and KOTOR movie rumors. And with that, it's time to make the jump to light speed and cue the moron. Welcome to episode 99 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another great show lined up for you today. And just like that, it's almost June, which means the summer SWOTOR 2019 and more importantly, it means we're that much closer to the release of Onslaught. There's a lot to talk about since my last episode, including the arrival of the roadmap we need, if not the one we deserve right now. Or is it the other way around? Not really sure, because you know, roadmaps of any kind are generally a good thing. If you recall, Community Coordinator Daniel Steed pitched the idea of putting together a web content roadmap where he'd list the upcoming articles that Bioware plan to produce for their website. That idea has now come to fruition, and we now have a list of articles and topics we can expect to see leading up to the release of Onslaught. Some of the things we'll be reading about include planets. In the roadmap, Daniel said, with two new planets, Onderon and Meksha, we would like to set the scene with a lore-based article for both. There could also be a backstory blog on Corellia or Duxin. We're still tentative on how much to reveal about the bosses in the new Flashpoint in operation, as the last thing we want to do is spoil the fun of experiencing these firsthand. Another idea I have is to do a behind-the-scenes look to show the making of both Onderon and Mekshaw, which could take on several different forms. Another topic we'll be hearing more about is Nautilans, Daniel said, with Nautilans, we would like to cover the history of the species for people that are more unfamiliar with their backstory and possibly a behind-the-scenes look at the building of them. Classes is another topic that will be covered. Daniel said, the changes to advanced classes with their new abilities, how these marry into the new itemization, and the overall philosophy of these changes are all things I would like to cover. Tentatively, the idea that I have on the table is something akin to a day in the life of blank, to paint a broad picture of how these pieces interact to provide an impactful level of gameplay. One of the topics that I'm very interested in learning more about and is currently in the works as I speak is the spoils of war. Daniel said, our overall philosophy, a breakdown of tactical items, set bonuses, and all of the ways to get loot with Onslaught are some of the topics that I plan to tackle. Whether this gets broken down into multiple articles, 
takes the form similar to the Under the Hood article or another avenue is still being decided. The final topic mentioned in the roadmap was story. Daniel said, Onslaught will have a few key figures in the story, and to set the scene, there will be several highlight stories featuring these characters. These won't touch the story in Onslaught, but will be more in more on their backstory or history. Also, as we get closer to the release of Onslaught, we would like to do a blog that will be of a similar style to the State of the Galaxy article before the release of Game Update 5.10, Jedi Under Siege. It's nice to see Daniel is hard at work putting together these articles and getting information out to us on the key features related to Onslaught. I mentioned that the Spoils of War is the next topic Daniel plans to address. In addition to an article, Bioware is planning a live stream on this topic as well. That live stream is currently scheduled for Thursday, May 30th. Spoils of War and the Advanced Class Changes are the big ticket items for Onslaught. The sooner we get details, the better. On June 4th, Bioware will launch Game Update 5.10.3, which brings us the Pirate Incursion on Dantooine. The Pirate Incursion is a new in-game event similar to other events such as the Gree and Rakul Plague, meaning it will only be available for a limited time, however, it will reoccur several times throughout the year. For its initial launch, the event will last two weeks, and then it will run for one week whenever it comes up in the event rotation. Dantooine is very similar to Osis, with the exception that it won't be available all of the time, well, sort of. When the event is happening, you'll run normal and heroic daily missions, you'll earn reputation, and for those of you who like to explore, there are rewards for going down the road not taken. When the event ends, you can still visit Dantooine, and there are even a few daily missions you can complete that are unrelated to the event itself. The Pirate Incursion takes place after the events on Osis, According to Bioware, you'll find that your pivotal choice there affects certain missions on Dantooine. Now, Dantooine is open to characters level 20 and above, so I'm not sure how the story plays out for low-level characters. Sounds a bit awkward to me. I mentioned there was a new reputation, and what's a reputation without rewards? Some of the cool items you can get include Nova Blade and Dantooine Homesteader armor sets, a Walker mount, a Cath Hound mount, Cathound Mini Pet, various Dantooine-inspired stronghold decorations, and an Ugnaught Companion. The Pirate Incursion launches on June 4th. Now, I mentioned that one of the rewards from the Pirate Incursion is an Ugnaught Companion. I'm not the biggest fan of Ugnaughts, but I am a big fan of new companions. It's safe to say that I have more companions than I need, but fewer than I want. Ever since Game Update 5.10, Players have reported a number of issues related to companions. The most egregious is ranged companions not not attacking. Eric Musco talked about this on the forums. He said, The issue is a bit of an interesting case. The common belief is that this is a bug which was introduced in 5.10. That is understandable since it certainly became more noticeable with that update. However, the issue has actually been around since, wait for it folks, launch. That was almost eight years ago. Eric went on to say, After the reports we received from 5.10, we began doing a deep dive into what was going on. 
That is where we discovered a pretty substantial issue with how companions were built, which is causing this to happen. Due to this being an underlying issue with all companions, it requires a larger systemic change than just a standard bug fix, which is the reason why the fix is taking so long. As to how long it might take to resolve, Eric said the team is striving to get it in place with Game Update 5.10.4, which will release later this summer. The ranged attack bug isn't the only issue affecting companions right now. Eric said, one of the other issues that we hear about is that some companions are ineffective in specific roles or imbalanced compared to other companions. For 6.0, the team is making a full pass across all companions to make a variety of updates, most notably to address this very imbalance, update abilities, and more. I have to say, I haven't really run into many issues with companions. That's in large part because for tough things like the Eternal Championship and Star Fortresses, I normally use a level 50 companion in healing mode. I only have a handful of those. For everything else, I tend to use a mix of high-level and low-level companions. Depends on the difficulty of what I'm trying to do. So by default, not all of my companions are created equal. Still, companions are such an important part of the game, and the changes in 4.0 were supposed to make it so we could run around with whatever companions we felt like. I may never feel like running around with my Ugnot Porcine Biped, but it's nice to know that comes 6.0, he'll be on equal footing with all of the other companions in the game. One of my favorite companions in the game is the droid Zeo, also known as Zoom. Just one of the many reasons why I think she's great. Zoom was a reward from the HK55 bonus chapter that was released as a subscriber reward in September 2016. To qualify for the story, you had to maintain an active subscription from January 11th through August 1st of that same year. If you weren't a subscriber or weren't playing the game at that time, then you missed out on a pretty great piece of content. Since it came out, players periodically ask if we'll ever have another opportunity to get that story. Eric Musco responded to one such call earlier this month. He said, This conversation is certainly timing, as it is a topic we have been revisiting internally as well. We have been actively talking about how, when, and if it would be possible to make the HK chapter available again, in some form, whether that is a sub-reward, sold on the market, etc. Here is the thing we are trying to be sensitive to. Individuals who have it right now subbed for a number of months to get it, so if slash when we bring it back, we need to make sure that we do it in a way that is fair to what they went through to get it. For example, if it was a sub-reward, it would likely require multiple months of subscribing, or if it was in the market, it would be sold for a premium. There is a lot of sensitivity on both sides. We agree that we would love to have a way for players who don't have it to get it, since it is story content after all. But it has to be done in a way that is fair to those who already have it. Well, as someone who already has it, I'm all for bringing it back and allowing players the opportunity to get the chapter. I think the simplest thing to do is to re-release it as a subscriber reward with the launch of Onslaught. Put the same time restrictions on it that existed before, and then 
Sometime after it expires, make it available on the cartel market. In addition, I think this bonus chapter should also be a bonus reward and that they should offer something else to give to subscribers so that those of us who have the chapter already feel like we're getting something. The HK55 bonus chapter was terrific. It was funny, it was fun, and it brought closure to one of the more interesting storylines in the game. Allowing folks who don't have it an opportunity to get it would be just fine in my book. I mentioned earlier in the show that an article on the Spoils of War is forthcoming, along with a live stream. This, of course, is the new itemization and gearing system that's being developed for Onslaught. Well, every time there's an expansion and level cap increase, it brings up the question about what will happen with the current gear and the currencies we earn to get that gear. We know the current gear will become obsolete in Onslaught. As for the currencies, they will too. Eric Musco said that unassembled components and masterwork shards will not be needed in 6.0. They will likely be converted to credits, but not enough to make you rich. So if you need gear, you're better off getting it rather than saving the currencies in hopes of a big payday. Now I've mentioned before that I wasn't putting a lot of effort into the 252 and 258 gear chase. I didn't really need it for anything and wasn't interested in going through a big gear grind. And that was a great plan until I started hard mode operations. I'm currently part of two teams. The first is Death Star Troopers run by Marcus from Working Class Nerds. And the other is the Porg Team run by Brian from the Bad Feeling Podcast. And I have to say, I'm really enjoying it. The Death Star Troopers are working their way through the Dread Fortress. We're on Brontes, the final boss. And the Porg Team is working on Explosive Conflict. We got the tanks down this week and are now figuring out the Minesweeper boss. Shouldn't be too long before we're working on Kephis. I've done a lot of raiding in World of Warcraft at all levels, but I've only really done story mode operations in SWOTOR. I know it's not fair to compare similar content between different games, but I can't help trying to figure out if one is harder than the other, or are they just different? Overall, I'd say that the bosses in World of Warcraft are more complex than what I've seen in the Old Republic. I feel that there's a lot more going on in WoW's fights. Although I have to say with Gods from the Machine, Bioware really ramped up their game. I do find that the bosses in Star Wars The Old Republic are a lot more unforgiving. If you screw up a mechanic, you're much more likely to die in, the, in a SWOTOR fight than you are in a WoW fight. And I also find that there are more deadly mechanics for DPS in SWOTOR than WoW. Take, for example, Zorn and Toth, or as I like to call them, the Drukes of Hazard. Note to self, remember to ask the tank to yell, Let's go get them Druk boys, before we pull next time. Toth has that fearful debuff, which reflects damage done to Zorn, and if you're not paying attention and you have the debuff, your health will drop extremely fast if you don't stop your DPS on Zorn. Which brings me to another point. There are bosses in World of Warcraft with similar mechanics, however, they're much easier to mitigate thanks to add-ons like deadly boss mods. These add-ons track all of the boss's abilities and show you timers so you know when they're about to go off. It's the existence of these add-ons that allows for that increased complexity in many of WoW's boss fights. 
SWOTOR doesn't have add-ons, and so you really have to pay attention to what's going on in each fight. I think that's a good thing, by the way. Another difference is raid size. SWOTOR is limited to 8 or 16-man raids, whereas WoW's raid size range from 10 to 25 for normal and heroic, while Mythic is capped at 20. 8 is a pretty small number. If someone dies, you pretty much have to get that person up regardless of their role. Second person dies, it can be very difficult to finish the fight, especially if the deaths happen early on. Don't get me wrong, I finished plenty of fights where I was among the last two people standing. Not a recommended way to kill a boss, but a kill is a kill. Another thing about SWOTOR's raids is even with the current gear, it's still very hard to vastly overpower the bosses. The gear helps and makes things easier but you still have to focus and execute the fight. In World of Warcraft, once your raid is in a full set of gear that drops from the raid, you'll pretty much breeze through it. I do like that the gear progression in WoW is for the most part tied to the raids, something I wish SWOTOR would do more of. In the end, I think WoW's raids and SWOTOR's operations are different things. I've had my fill of WoW raids for now, and I look forward to clearing the Dread Fortress, Explosive Conflict, and whatever comes next for my two teams. That, of course, is the logon screen music for the original World of Warcraft that launched in 2004. That version of the game is making a comeback this August when Blizzard releases WoW Classic. The beta for WoW Classic is underway, and I'm one of the lucky ones to land an invite to hop in the Wayback Machine and bang my head on the keyboard as I get ganked by three boars and have to spend a half hour running to get my corpse. That's not much of an exaggeration as to what the experience is like, and that experience is not as bad as it sounds. After spending a few days running around in WoW Classic, I found that some of the old muscle memory has kicked in, and despite its problems and archaic ways of doing things, I don't hate it. In fact, I rather enjoy it. With WoW Classic on the horizon, one can't help but ask, should there be a SWOTOR Classic? I've talked about this before, and despite enjoying WoW Classic, I think the answer to that question is no. I think WoW Classic is necessary for a couple of reasons. In 2015, the World Video Game Hall of Fame was created, and World of Warcraft was one of the first inductees, alongside Doom, Pac-Man, Pong, Super Mario Bros., and Tetris, all great games. World of Warcraft wasn't the first MMO, but it was the first MMO for a lot of people. It's a pioneering game that influenced every MMO that came after it, including Star Wars The Old Republic. I think it's important that a game like that be preserved and people be allowed to experience what it was like. As WoW evolved over the years, the original experience slowly disappeared with each expansion. When Cataclysm was released in 2010, the last remnants of the original game were literally washed away. 
That was the expansion where the game's original zones were changed and almost all of the original quests were updated with more modern versions and all new storylines. The World of Warcraft that existed prior to the Burning Crusade was practically no more. Star Wars The Old Republic has changed a lot over its near eight-year existence. Classes have changed, talent trees have been replaced with disciplines, companions are more versatile, leveling is faster, and combat in the world is much easier. The stories, which are the heart and soul of this game, remain intact. When someone starts a Jedi Knight today, they embark on the same journey that you and I did back in 2011. The places all look the same, and the bonus series are as tedious now as they were then. Would it be nice if there were a little more risk of death when fighting Gormak on Voss? Perhaps, but all in all I think SWOTOR has evolved for the better, and has done it in a way that preserves all the things we love most about this game. WoW Classic is a version of World of Warcraft that existed 13 years ago. Perhaps in another 5 years we'll be ready for a SWOTOR Classic, but for now I think the game gives us the best of what's old and new. Now for a bit of Star Wars news. Rumors of a Knights of the Old Republic film or trilogy have always been around, but now there's a new one that might have some legs. BuzzFeed is reporting that Laita Caligridis, known for Alita Battle Angel, has been tapped to write the script for a potential KOTOR trilogy. Rumor has it she is nearly finished with the script. The next set of Star Wars films will be made by David Benioff and D.B. Weiss from Game of Thrones. It's not clear if Caligridis' script is for these films, I suspect that it's not, and even if it's not, I think that an Old Republic film or TV series is almost a certainty as Disney moves beyond the rise of Skywalker. Now before I get out of here, the summer of SWOTOR is starting to take shape. Game Update 5.10.3 launches on June 4th, supposed to happen on May 28th, but Bioware found a bug they needed to squash. The Dontween event will run from June 4th through the 18th. There will be a double XP event from June 11th through the 18th. The Narshadot Nightlife event is coming back and will run from June 18th through July 30th. And I do believe that there are new rewards for this year, but don't quote me on that. And again, there will be a live stream on May 30th where Eric and Charles will discuss the spoils of war. You definitely don't want to miss that one. Final note for today... This one's for Marcus from Working Class Nerds. I think you need new friends, my friend. You see, Marcus wasn't able to attend Star Wars Celebration this year. One of the things he wanted was this cool Celebration-exclusive Boba Fett coffee mug. number of us, including myself, tried to get one for him, but the store was really jacked up. Because of this, an online version of the store was created, and folks who attended Celebration can now order some of the items from the store, including that Boba Fett mug. I checked with Marcus to see if anyone stepped up to the plate to get him one. Not only did no one offer to get him that mug, but they didn't even tell him it was available post-show. Well, Marcus, if you're listening, the order is in. I'll let you know when it ships, but expect to be drinking out of a shiny Celebration-exclusive Boba Fett coffee mug later this summer. 
charging you like a hundred bucks for it, by the by. And that's the state of the Old Republic for today. Let me cut in the sublight engines and cue the music and congratulate you on surviving another half hour listening to episode 99 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show's site, which is sotorpodcast.com. And there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at sotorpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at sotorpodcast or send me a direct message. And be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the show. Look for episode 100. Who knows? Until then, remember the Sith code. Cake is a lie.